Hey, what up, Long Beach? Happy New Year. Welcome back to the LB Fee Show, the one and only podcast featuring Long Beach State's one and only athletic director, Andy Fee. As always, this show is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, J.J. Fiddler, and to my right, Mike Arabasio. LB Fee Show comes out every other week. We will be joined in a little bit by our special guest, Alan Knight, the head coach of the two-time defending national championship men's volleyball team here. But first, Andy... Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year, guys. I hope uh, you guys had a great holiday. We had a good one, restful one, did some traveling. Did, did you do some traveling? You stay local. Uh, traveled uh, just upstairs and downstairs at the Fee Residence. <laughs> yes, I was, made it to the front yard and the backyard. It was everything yes. I hoped for. I hit four states in two weeks, so I'm a little road weary, <laughs> but it is good to be home. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about still working. On the break, you know what I mean. You don't, you don't have to be there to be still be working, still be logged in. That's right. uh, and you hit the ground running here this week. Coming back, you had a big meeting this morning. Yeah, yeah. Went to uh, you know, it's it's always great to see alums and, and people around the program. But if you can meet with those folks and get a great meal, that's always good. So, I uh, <laughs> had the original pancake house uh, this morning with uh, Marshall Goodman. So if uh, the fans out there may or may not know the name Marshall Goodman. They may know him better by Ross M.G., one of the founding <laughs> members of Sublime and Long Beach Dev All-Stars. But uh, uh, Marshall is, uh, is an undergraduate alum and actually uh, in a master's program for public administration right now. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Uh, were you a big Sublime guy? Yes. I, yes. I cannot, yes. I imagine you and Stephen Barbie were both big Sublime guys. Oh, yeah. Slightly <laughs> stupid. You know, it's uh, I think JJ and I have successfully pinned down the culture of your high school. <laughs> yeah, we we get it. All right, we get it. So, so what were you talking to him about? Are, are you going to be on the next uh, on the next track? You Ooh. know, you never you never know if uh, they're that desperate. But uh, <laughs> you know, we're we're always looking for ways to engage alums at the university. And uh, Marshall uh, has been around, obviously, the community for a long, long time. And uh, you know, it was a little random that we got connected. Uh, one of the uh, baseball managers is in class with with Marshall, and that's how it kind of started <laughs> organically. And uh, so we we've been talking, looking to maybe do some, uh, see if we can get a concert out at uh, at Blair Ooh. maybe post game, you know, with Long Beach Dub All Stars and do a little show after uh, after yes. the game. You got you now. You got to do that during so, the day, yes. right? Yeah, I think we'd be looking at like a Sunday afternoon. Okay. So sign um, me up for that now. And yes. you, I think you'll be able to hear that concert from the Belmont Shore to Bixby yes, Knowles so. to yes. Cal Heights. I won't be able to find parking. I'll just like drive down, up and down Seventh Street with the windows just down. Being, yes, just making U turns. The, the way we used to listen to Sublime. I was yes. going to say yes. that's exactly how we grew up listening to Sublime. Exactly. <laughs> that that's so cool. Uh, Mike and I were in school here uh, when Ludacris came for a concert in the Walter Pyramid. That will always be a huge memory of mine. It was amazing. Uh, is that stuff you guys are always looking for, or is it more the organic stuff that comes to you? Well, I mean, I, I think we're always open to, to, to concepts. That's what I try and preach to, to the staff here, is always, always be willing to listen. But we're also trying to be very intentional. And, um, you know, obviously we talk about sports so often here on, mm. on the podcast, and, and that's obviously the, the first and foremost thing in my mind. But... Uh, we do have venues that uh, people are looking to rent, uh, and we are going to be more active in bringing, um, hopefully, local artists, really. I mean, you know, again, we're always listening, but I'd like to really bring more and more local, um, you know, bands to the Pyramid or even out to George Allen Field. Maybe we could do a festival out there Ooh. or we're doing Blair, but 
we, you know, Marshall is fantastic. He's so connected to the local music scene that, uh, you know, we feel, um, he could end up with a side hustle as your guys' booking agent. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. I like it. Well, I, I mean, it, and it is worth noting just within the, the city of Long Beach's makeup is kind of odd because there's so many people who live here. But as we talk about all the time, there's no TV station. There's no real dedicated radio station other than KJAZ, which is not like a local focus. You watch um, your mouth on KJAZ, buddy. Uh, I That's love, all my presets. I love, I love KJAZ. But, um, <laughs> but in terms of venues as well, I mean, like there's the arena, which seats way more people than you would want for a local band concert. And then there are like bars, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it. I mean, like the Pyramid and George Allen and Blair are kind of the only mid-sized venues of any kind in the city. You know what I mean? Um, I want to throw something kind of unconventional out there. What if we have a college campus where there's no students that doesn't have any classes? Because it's beautiful out there. Yes. Anna, have you taken a there, lap around? There are no students. I just sent it's a great. tweet from inside a building. Yes. We've got we, we've now we've now got internet access. Didn't have to look for parking. It's pretty beautiful. It's, yes, it's it's incredible. There's yeah. no one blocking my view of the trees on campus. Students <laughs> off campus for the entire month of January has always been the case for CSUs. As we were here enjoying this month off campus, yes. so we are now enjoying this month on campus. But it brings up a, a kind of an athletic tilt to it because I heard somebody saying the other day at the men's basketball game on, on Saturday, wow, it's really empty in here. It's like, well, yeah, there's no students on campus, first of all. And second of all, no, it's not. If you compare the attendance at Long Beach State to the attendance of other Big West schools and really just the attendance to live sporting events around the nation, pro and college, it is a trend that less people are coming to the games more and more often. Have you guys seen that? More importantly, are you concerned with that as an athletic department? Well, I, I, I would, I, you know, I don't know if concerned is the, is the exact word, but pretty darn close. And I, I think, you know, we, we've talked about it before in terms of, you know, things change. Um, and I think technology has really had an influence on sporting events. Yeah. Um, the fact that we can all uh, if we wanted to put up 70-inch flat screens in our house, and you can stream things on your computer, and um, you don't you don't have to go somewhere. And I, I wonder sometimes, in, in terms of what is the effect of of technology, is is a lessening of attendance. I think a lot of venues, if you look at venues being constructed outside of the, the monolithic ones. Um, that are going to host a Super Bowl. But if you look at other venues, they are reducing seating. Um, hopefully, we'll always have fans that want to come to games. But I think we're living in a world now where you can be somewhat disconnected and be connected at the same time. And that means sitting at home watching yeah. a game on or, TV. Or, or sitting in a class on campus watching a game happening somewhere else on campus, right? I mean, that's like one thing is worth noting that the uh, attendance, uh, according to the figures that producer Roger just pulled up, very competitive within the Big West, I think number two in the conference. But, you know, as a for example, you guys were really kind of ahead of the curve with the Beach Vision stuff and really expanding the streaming and the ways to watch the game without coming to – uh, to the campus, but so you have a moment like the viral, uh, incredible soccer <laughs> nutmeg and spin move, right? And that ends up getting seen by like five hundred thousand people, right? I mean, it's on ESPN, it's on the NCAA soccer and everything. That would have been up to us like four yeah, years right, ago, right, right. not even that long ago. And but people saw that through the streaming service you guys had and social media, they didn't 
physically drive down and go see it and everything. And I, I, I agree with you. It's sort of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, how great that that moment could sort of have the life that it did. But on the other hand, maybe without that exposure, people are a little bit more curious to, oh, I got to go see because it's the only way to you know find out what's happening or whatever. Well, it's also everybody likes a full arena. Yeah. There's, there's nobody that's going to argue for rather playing or watching a sporting event in an empty arena. Everybody wants it to be full. So then you run into a situation where you're like, okay, so is it cost? I could definitely say in the pros, <laughs> if you're looking across the board in pro sports, it's too expensive to take a family of four to a pro sporting event. It's too expensive to take just my son to a Lakers game. For like, example. It's too expensive to take a family of two to a Lakers game. <laughs> but like here at Long Beach State, right. you guys have the kids club. That's like a perfect package for a family to bring their kids to sporting events here on campus at Blairfield, things like that. I, I think we're on our way to the pros changing something drastically because it's the attendance is just going to keep dropping. And I'm looking at you, baseball, most, most specifically. Like, where are the $5 seats in the bleachers? Where are the kids' club packs for Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium? It's like 1990. 1990, right? 1995. The pendulum will swing back. I, I really honestly think it will. And, and I think – College sports will also see that swing back when more people are going to more sporting events. I think kind of success breeds success. And the more you go to sporting events, the more you want to go. Well, why do you think we have the jobs we have? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think, you know, a concern I would say is are you the future fans – are they going to connect with you? So you think of kids today who may not go to a Dodger game or whatever sporting event because of the price point. And if kids aren't going to games, there'll come a point when they're adults and they have disposable income. Are they going to say like, yeah, I'll buy a season ticket to the Dodgers? Or are they going to be like, I'll just watch the stream or, you know, they don't feel the need to be there in person that's the things that I think about. Well, the, just the last point I would make on this is I think that's also why you see in the younger generations, um, if JJ and I do a basketball shoot with the top basketball players in the city and we ask them, what basketball team are you a fan of? They look at us like we're crazy. They go, well, he's a LeBron guy. He's a KD guy. He's a Steph Curry guy. If LeBron comes to the Lakers, I'm a LeBron guy right now. But to that point, no one, you know, none of those people are going to go see the Lakers during a down year or something like that. They're just looking to see their favorite players. Well, the fans that showed up at Walter Pyramid on Saturday got to see both basketball teams, and that's going to kick off our this and last week at the beach segment here at the LB Fee Show. The men's basketball team won its final non-conference game against a D2 opponent in Cal State Los Angeles, 76-60 to on Saturday in the mid. Uh, got to see sophomore transfers, transfers Michael Carter III and Chance Hunter get their first collegiate double-doubles. Carter III had 14 points and 15 rebounds, which he called in the beginning of the game at about the four-minute mark. He turned to the bench and yelled, I'm about to go get this double-figure re rebound. <laughs> Dan Munson responded, yeah, you better. So that, that was nice. Uh, he also had the uh, team-leading four assists, and then Hunter had 13 points and 11 rebounds. Colin Slater actually led the way with 18 points, and I'm not telling anybody anything new. Those three guys are going to lead the way, and how they go, this team will go this year. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I I'm really um, optimistic and excited to see this team play uh, in the Big West. We'll find out pretty quick here. We start out on the road. Um, Northridge this week on, on Wednesday night and then up at Santa Barbara. So, you know, road game's always tough. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm putting pressure on the team here. But th this team can – when the ball goes up in the air, we can beat any team in this league. I, I firmly believe that. Now, you got to go out and do it, but I think we have the talent. Um, I, I think we've, we, we've got the ability to do it. Um, at the end of the day, the proof's in the pudding, and we'll, we'll find out. But this is a resilient group. They're young. 
Um, they're hungry. They understand what conference means. And, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be an interesting spring. We got some interesting quotes from Coach Munson after that game. Uh, you can check out those quotes on our other podcast, What Up Long Beach, available uh, every week around Wednesday or Thursday. You can find that at the website. And we'll just put his quotes in there because they were fascinating. I was asking him if he thought that the team that beat Cal State L.A. would beat the team that beat San Diego in the season opener at homecoming. And his answer was very interesting. He's talking about this team being humbled by their non-conference experience. So that's, uh, I don't know. It's something we've heard before, but it's also not something he's said before. Um, so men's, ball, or men's basketball, like you said, starting the Big West, it was kind of exhibition week here at Long Beach State, though, because the women's team also had an exhibition game before the men's game on Saturday. They beat Bethesda pretty good, 90-43. to 43, Always nice to get a double-up win. Uh, Sydney Kidslow with 22 points and KJ 10 rebounds. Um, when you schedule an exhibition like this right before conference play starts, I think this is exactly what you want to see. A dominant win, uh, got to get the whole bench in there, and they will open up Big West play at home Thursday night in the Pyramid against Cal Poly, and then travel to Cal State Fullerton on Saturday evening. That Thursday night game is the only home game this week because the men's volleyball team ranked number four in the nation, the back-to-back champs, were at a showcase in Toronto, Canada last week, and they're going to be at another tournament at UC Santa Barbara, the annual ASICS Invitational, and they'll play three games in three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, before they come home. We're actually going to be talking about that in a few minutes with our special guest. But before we get there, we wanted to remind you that you can find all of this Long Beach State coverage at the562.org. Like we were saying, that Big West basketball preview is available right now, so go check it out. We've also got the newsletter, the videos, the recaps, photos, Twitter updates, and interaction. I mentioned earlier that I traveled around the country a little bit on this holiday break, and every place I stopped, including Lexington, Kentucky, Washington, D.C., Houston, Texas, I checked out the local sports coverage. Jesus. And I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest. The only local coverage in each newspaper I checked was in the sports section. Everything else was AP reports, a rewrite of a rewrite of a rewrite. The local news was coming from local sports. So we got to support it wherever it was. I bought a newspaper in all of those cities just to support local sports. We got to do it. So get into 562.org right now and get involved. We now welcome on our special guest, two-time national championship coach of the Long Beach State men's volleyball team, Alan Knight. Alan, welcome to the show. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Yeah, this is a busy time for you, and I know we've said that every single time you've been on this show. Because when you're two-time national champions, you're always busy because you've got a huge target on your back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have a a large target. Um, It's kind of one of those things that... um, you're excited about you actually want that for your program right we actually want people to take it serious the you know they're gonna have to come in and play good volleyball we want our fans to expect um a great quality volleyball match every time they come here regardless of who's in that uniform and then the flip side of it is that what we have to do on our side is that um we got a whole bunch of guys wearing that jersey that haven't been out there and been battle tested yet and they're gonna have to handle that challenge while they're still trying to learn on the job and that's kind of why we get paid. So we'll see what we can do our job. So you mentioned this year's roster not necessarily battle tested. You did have some skirmishes though. Went up to Canada mm-hmm. and played some uh, some some top teams up there. What did you see? You know, how are you feeling about the year after coming home from that trip? Yeah, I mean, you always learn. I I, I left there feeling like we we have a pretty much every area of the game we need to get better at to be honest with you but then who wouldn't when you haven't done anything since November? We had a serve and pass in the pyramid. Flew on the twenty sixth of December. Um, you know, flew up to the other 
other side, other coast, obviously, other country, into the cold, played with the international ball, not the molten that we played with, so it's lighter. It, it is significantly different. And then we're playing against a whole bunch of really good teams who were well into their season, already played half of their conference. Uh, we're playing the team that's that won the last couple of national championships and is number one in the country up there in our very first match. And uh, we end up going five and have a chance. We're up 13-12 in the fifth. Uh, but – I'm on, I'm on all the volleyball boards, and everyone's losing their mind. You're going into the fifth set, and they're like, oh, Long Beach, you know, maybe the ranking is – maybe they'll be even better, you know. And then – yeah, right. And then you turn around, and you just got to keep going and going. And yeah. Well, by the way, the whole roster's new, right? It means absolutely nothing. I think if you look at the stats of that game, though, you realize, yeah, we went we went five, and we did have a chance to win it, but also we got smashed in the first set, and we got smashed in the third right. set. And we won a good close second and close third. And if it was – if you know, volleyball's the only game you could be – the total score being like 103 to 120 and it was still a had a chance to win. Right. At the end. <laughs> but that's the way we play. And, uh, and then we came back and we played a decent match the next morning against Alberta and they're a good team and lost three, I think, do sets or really close to do sets and then went five again with McMaster, another great team and won before we got out of there. So we got a lot of playing time for guys. We had a lot of guys that um, have not been out there other in some small roles, serving subs, you know, off the bench roles. Um, but we got a ton of video and a ton of reps. And for most of the guys, they kind of got past that, the first, the first start, the first, I got subbed out the first, we went five, the first, we got yelled at by coach, say, the first, right, right. first got... coach thinks we could be better at every facet of the That's game. That's right. Yeah. The first locker room talk <laughs> that was directed at you. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, I think that our practice will be good since we came back. And I think we've realized that, uh, the number one thing that, that the guys can control is the ability to play harder and play longer. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't take any technique. That doesn't take anything other than the toughness to not let the result of the last play affect you. Right. And uh, but it is it takes maturity to figure that out to do it all the time. And we're not there yet, but we're trying to get there. So international travel on December twenty sixth out of Southern California. How'd that go? You know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to really? be. But I, I highly recommend traveling at 9 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Not a lot of people in the airport. Oh, not, okay. Not a lot of people. You so. always learn more after the trip than That's you do right. before. That's fair. Our return flight was good. How was the weather up there? I was also on the East Coast. How was the it, was, it was really mild for Canada. So it was, uh, you know, right around mid-30s. Right. Uh, last, I think. Balmy, in, if you will. We were at Alberta a couple of years ago, and we were in the minuses the whole time we were up there. That that was where you open the door and it hits you in the face and you it's like wow do you feel a difference when you come back and changing clothes like, like this morning i went to grab a jacket i'm like what am i yeah, doing exactly that's what i thought when i walked outside the pyramid this morning it's like summer <laughs> see alan's such an ethical person i would have been walking around all of the canadian teams going wow we never have it be this cold where Just we play walking with galoshes <laughs> yeah. and mittens on well we had our guys they had they had beanies they had scarves they had and then all of a sudden, the last day, it finally snowed just a little bit. They all ran outside, took pictures, made snowmen and now little that's tiny ones. It in. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's uh, that's when you realize half of them hadn't seen snow. So uh, you mentioned uh, before we, we got on the air that you were also looking out at the court sometimes going, N not one person yeah. here played a point last year. Um, you, it, It's never easy in any sport to replace, we call it the, the best class in the history of the university, but yeah. just an unprecedented amount of success for the guys that graduated. 
how do you how do you go about doing that, right? Yeah. I mean, are, do you start talking to those guys midway through last season about notice what they're doing here, here? Mm. What's the process for making that kind of a transition? Well, I think well, I think it's it's tricky because you don't want to spend too much time comparing them to you know TJ or Kyle or Josh all the time. There's comparisons we want to make because they did a lot of really good things in the different times. Watching video of different things they did is great. But comparing them all the time to them is not fair because we we didn't do that to TJ and Josh and those guys in their freshman year to say Taylor Crabb and Dalton Ammerman and the guys we had before that. They have to be the best version of themselves, so we have to clearly define what it is that they need to do. Not just you know block and score points, but I mean what what it is that we're expecting to do, how they act in between points, how they prep for points, the way they talk, their energy level, their focus, their eye contact and start teaching them how to play the game. Because they, they can all play. Right. What they can't do right now well enough is play the game long enough in system with full competition mode going and accept the result of the last play if it didn't go their way and not let it affect the next one. And that's just maturity. And that's coaching. And that's reps. And that's positive feedback. That's video. That's sometimes getting on them. That's repeat, do it again, get another chance, get subbed out. We had some guys in Canada got subbed out of the match, got subbed back into the match. And, you know, a couple of guys that, that happened to. It happened to Ryan Poole and it happened to uh, Nate Harlan. And they both, in their first opportunities to start, they get subbed out of the match and, uh, in the fourth set. They got to go back in and start the fifth set. And we win in five. That's huge growth, right? right. The fact that you didn't shut it down when you came out and think, poor me, that I might have to go back in. It's just a reset. In our sport, a lot of times when you come out, you're done. Whereas in you know, like basketball, they're in and out, and they're in and out. It's not a big deal. But in volleyball, it's kind of like you start and you finish, and if you come out, then you're done for the match, at least in the men's game because of the sub rule. So we, we had a lot of growth that happened. And we had a lot of leadership too. Carlos Rivera was great um, with his leadership, and Simone was you know, a joke how good he was up there offensively. We were, you know, the, only, the only team that could stop Simone in Canada was us. Right. We kept stopping them regularly, but, and we got to learn not to do that. It's not good to stop our own middle, but, uh, but you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, but he, uh, he was really good. And he's such a, he's a lot like Kyle and saying in the sense that there's zero maintenance with him. He's, he takes care of all his stuff all the time on his own. Um, and he's going to try to learn to be a little bit more of an extroverted leader and share some of the things that he does know out there. And it's okay to poke some buttons and, and, and lead that's not necessarily his comfort level yet. And same with Ethan Zigfried. I, I was about to say, I'll be completely honest with you. Having talked to Simone a number of times, it's difficult for me to imagine him carrying himself that way. Yeah. Like he's, such a, he's probably one of the smartest athletes I've ever talked Absolutely. to on this campus. Yes. Uh, and I think you mentioned what, the first time I asked you what's the language barrier been like for him, and you said, well, he actually speaks much better English than most of the... <laughs> most of the guys, and he's a math major crushing right. it in math. It, no, math he's really bright. Language. His whole family are it, like, uh, you know, tenured math professors and theoretical <laughs> physics right. professors and stuff like that. Well, know? what you're not going to see out of them, we don't want them to turn into Nick Amato. I mean, they're not the same guy. <laughs> you know, Nick was great and did a wonderful job and being super extra because that's who he is. Mm -hmm. I don't want him to be him. I want, I just want Simone to share his knowledge and what he knows is going out there. And sometimes if it comes across as a challenge to his guys, he has to be okay with doing that. So yeah. you're talking about a junior setter like Carlos Rivera coming into a spot that Josh filled so admirably. But yeah. when Josh leads, he doesn't have to, quote, lead by example because the example's there. He's got rings. Yep. How do you expect a guy like Carlos to step into that role 
yeah. while having to do the lead by example, but also lead vocally as a singer. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, well, it's really hard to just to, to to follow a legend in anything, right? Coaching, playing, doesn't matter. I mean, ask your sons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if that's what they would say. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll get the chance to ask them. Yeah. Things. <laughs> uh, but I do know that uh, that with Carlos, I. We, we try really hard to highlight the things that Carlos is good at as an athlete and, a, and as a leader. And he's not Josh's personality. He's, um, he's a different person. And it's a wonderful personality. And it's a fiery personality. It's a competitive personality. So we're going to let that fly a little bit more than, than Josh because that's not who Josh was. And it helps him as an athlete. It makes him a little bit quicker to the ball. And he sets a little crisper when he's playing with a little bit of an edge. But what we've asked Carlos is um, the number one thing that we want him to do is lead by example first. We don't want him to get caught up in what he's saying to the guys as much as he's playing as hard as he can, he's covering balls, he's playing great defense, he's celebrating with his teammates. And then from there, he's going to learn and make some mistakes with what he says or how he says some things, just like Josh did. Josh he always made the mistake of taking all of the blame all of the time. You know, he'd set a perfect ball and hit out, and it was 100% his fault, which – in one way, it's admirable. At the same time, it's it's a lie because that guy's not getting better. It's like, no, that, that set was absolutely perfect, and you right. hit it out. It's not my fault, but I'm such a great person. I'll take responsibility for it. We had to get him out of that mode because it became a little bit too much like, yeah, 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 that was. Like, it right. was false. We had to build up some more trust I, that we could be I, honest I, with each other. I, I remember when you and I talked for the feature about Josh, you pointed that out and said, as a coach, you always want people to be more like that. Yep. And then you that was the one time where you had to go, well, no, you need him to know that he has to be better there. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's almost like someone in the job interview when they say, you know, what's your biggest flaw? And you say, I'm too much of a perfectionist or whatever. It's like, well, I'm just too selfless. You yeah. know what I mean? But it was true. Yeah. <laughs> in that regard, it was. And, and, I, and in no way do I'm saying that Carlos is not like that to a certain degree, but they're different personalities. And we want to really embrace the wonderful side of Carlos and let it fly and not try to hit, you know, be Josh 2.0. That's not what he's going to be. He's a really good setter. He's really talented. He has been incredibly selfless in his role that he's accepted the last two years, and he's just ready to fly. So, you know, we talked a lot the last couple of years about sort of the product of the program that you guys put together and, and how happy you were to see the crowds coming and how good you felt having coached internationally and everything else yeah. about this is as good as it can get, you yeah. know, especially for the price of your season tickets. <laughs> What's the difference in the product last year to this year? What's the difference in the playing style? I know your guys' system is obviously yeah. – baked in but you know what's the biggest difference from last year to this year and you know moving forward yeah well i think that you're you're taking three of the the most influential players in college volleyball maybe history um definitely as a as a trio um out of the game and that's a that's a big deal right the eye from the the eye test it's hard um but if you if you believe in if you're you know speaking to our fan base which we have great fan bases that of of call the true spirit of college sports it, there's this natural reset if not i mean believe me if i could assign them to lifelong contracts or beyond right. i would have done that and that would have been great for everybody but that's not how this works and you're going to lose roughly 25 percent of your team every year and there's going to be this constant reboot and the beautiful thing about college sports because of that that you can't just buy go out and go onto the waiver wire and buy your talent or buy free agents is that a lot of things can be overcome and holes covered up as teams are getting better or more mature by how hard they play and how committed they are to playing a team brand of volleyball or whatever the sport may be and competing really hard. I think it's 
very much that's the case in college sports over pro sports. I don't think you can cover up as many holes in the pro game right. um, as you can in the, in the college game. So uh, through our learning and through our experiences that we have to still gain and through the ups and downs that will happen throughout the course of the season until we can get to who we are, we're going to be by the end of the season, uh, the number one thing we need to do is just crush the things that we can control. And they can control how hard they go, how hard they compete, how well they prep, what kind of teammates they are, how resilient they are, getting to the next point, you know. And if we can lean on those for a while, even more than the X's and O's, the X's and O's will come because th there's no way to ch there's no way to fast track the fact that we need reps. We need game reps. We need quality practice reps, and then we need to repeat it after we've had those reps. Judge it, repeat it, train it, and then throw it out there and do it again and again and again. And the nice thing about the way our our season's set up now is that, you know, we have this non real real non-season schedule and then we'll have this like regional crossover with some of the mpsf teams and then mm -hmm. we're going to get into playing the big west and right. the goal is you know be our best we possibly can be at the end of the year to have to win a couple of matches and shock some people who didn't think it and find a way to get back into the tournament again and that's what we've talked about as a team we can't we don't we can't jump to there right now but our goals aren't changing. We want to play yeah. late into the year this season and have a chance to play for a title. And you're not going to be able to duck anybody, so no. keep the coach answer to yourself. You don't think I Long know Beach State sneaking up on anyone? No, this year? I, I know the answer to this question is the first one. But if uh, if the fans out there are looking for a couple matches to go to this year, yeah, uh, where they want to see you guys maybe at your best or at some of the best uh, against some of the best in the country, what, what are they looking at? Well, you know, our our schedule last year was a dream schedule because of the fact. Um, not only because the team's talent level and the ranking, but also the fact that we were hosting the Final Four, so everybody wants to play on the championship court right. or in the venue. So, so this year you get to play the second year of the home-and-home. Home. That's right. <laughs> we pay, we're paying that side. So we're gone a lot. We don't have as many home games, and it's a Hawaii year for us. So you add up all of those things, and we're gone a lot. We just don't have a lot of home games. Is it? It's like eight or nine Yeah, home it's like nine home games. Yeah. yeah. So last year I think it was like 13 or 14 home mm. games. You know, then, then you tack on two more at the end, so it's a, a a lot of games being played in the building. Um, but I think, you know, right out of the gate, we have, you know, a really good SC team um, and a, a really good Pepperdine team that has a whole bunch of good recruits on it. Are you going to play SC in the gold mine and lower the ceilings, or are you going to yeah. play that in the pyramid? No, I, no, we're not playing in the gold mine, and we'll we'll absolutely never, ever play in the North <laughs> Gym again. <laughs> by, con by contract. <laughs> Uh, that gym was bad when I played in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that it hasn't was not gotten last much year. better. Yeah, and, and it was a little the, while and ago. The game is totally the, – the difference is just to, the one thing I'd say on that whole thing. It's, look, we played terrible that night, and they played phenomenal. They deserved to win the match. They probably – with everything we had going on and the way we were playing in that particular week and that time, you know, they probably beat us in any of the gyms we played them, the way they played that week against us. So um, – I don't want to take any credit away from what SC deserves on that. But, but you're not ever playing in the gym. But again. we're never playing that gym again because <laughs> not just because of that, because the game has changed so much right. over time. You can serve anywhere along the end line. Mm -hmm. you, got, you know, the guys are flying around banging balls all over from the 10 foot line. The game is totally different. We're going to say they score it differently. Yeah. And we got stuff hanging <laughs> right. everywhere on top of the court. Yeah. No well, I, I texted JJ a couple not to sit on that match or whatever. I texted JJ a couple of times. We cover high school ball. We, you know, so we taught Aiden Gross, who's with you guys now when yeah. he's at St. Anthony. You have that. It's like you're ripping a jump serve and the pass goes straight up. And guess what? You just spiked it off the ceiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just not 
It oh, just doesn't make sense to play high level volleyball. You got to know the bounces <laughs> off the side buckets that they pull up. Yes. So they're going to have PE classes. Yeah, it, it, it won't happen. Um, and if so, they'll be playing us in the East Gym when they come down here. There'll be a. We'll, hire, we'll, we'll rent the pyramid and the gold mine out. I like that. Um, so, you know, uh, I think this is the first interview we've done since you guys signed next year's class. So the first yeah. time you're allowed to talk about it on the record. Can you just give uh, some of your fans, some of the Long Beach State fans, a, a little bit of a preview into how high level some of the guys who are coming yeah. in for next season are? Yeah, it's a really, really top level class. We're really excited about a lot of guys will be able to make impacts. We have guys pretty much in every position and we also have a lot of size and physicality but what I like about it we have a lot of experience coming in so obviously the top kid um, in the U.S. was was Clark Godbold um, and he uh, he's an outside that played for the U.S. team in the world champs last year and he's playing for SCBC which is being coached by Tyler Hildebrand right now which is great for us and then uh, um, Sebastian Rodriguez is also another outside hitter who just got done winning the, the Christmas tournament here, and he's coached by Andy Reid, which is great for us, and uh, he's a youth national team player. And then we have, there's two middles. Um, uh, we have Matt, Matt I, which you guys know, his dad, and... Um, Yamaleava. I'm going to teach you how to say it before he gets here, I yeah. promise. Yeah, he's going to be Matt I. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and Noah Robin, both um, two real good um, athletes in the middle, and uh, and then we have uh, an opposite. Um, your for, se- your secret weapon that I feel like people you you mentioned you don't think people are really understanding how good this guy is, right? Yeah, I, I just think Simone uh, or Simon, sorry, um, Simon is uh, the opposite from the German youth national team. He's six ten, and I guess if you were to uh, if you were to draw or imagine the stereotypical German opposite, what you think he would look like? That's what he looks like. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, he's just a big physical kid who has a lot of international experience in a, and that's going to help us a, a ton. And then we have some other nice pieces. We have a great um, libero coming in, and we have a, um, a, a kid who's playing, who can also play on the right, who sets in our club, pin- the pinnacle club that, we, that we're part of. And he's, um, he's real talented. He plays at Corona Del Mar High School. So we really like the class a lot. Uh, and because of the way things work, you know, we had – we lost so many guys last year, and – just the way the recruiting when money was available, it wasn't as easy to replace them and have them guys just waiting behind them all mm-hmm. the time. So this is very similar, as I said, you guys off the air, that uh, the year that we lost uh, Taylor Crabb and Dalton Amram and Connor Albright, all those guys, that really nice group we had, uh, there was kind of a gap year in between before we were able to get the whole recruiting thing back in. And that's kind of how it's going to feel a little bit this year. Even though we have some really nice freshmen doing some great things in our gym right now, um, number one, like Mason Briggs, our libero that we thought would be real good for us is our starting libero, and he's he's doing really, really well. But when we add in all these other pieces, um, and maybe even redshirt a couple of those guys, it spreads it out. And I just really, really like where the program's going. Well, you know, our, our hat's off to you. Uh, it's a great thing to have put together the class that you guys just lost and to win two national championships. But I, I think when uh, Clark Godwood, you mentioned probably a top recruit in this class, says in Volleyball Magazine, you know, I got offers from everywhere, obviously, but there's too many good things happening in Long Beach to yeah. miss out on. 
uh, and you can put more of those classes back to back together. You know, that's what it, it feels like. You've sort of changed the conversation, yeah. you know, and maybe more of a permanent. Uh, well, you way. hope to, you know, you hope to get away from good team. I always thought like when there was a lot of really good teams here over the year, especially back in the, the earlier days, even when I was playing. There's a lot we, of very good teams. But, ha- yeah, right. but hard <laughs> but to that- have sustainable <laughs> success of how to right. keep that going. And I think what Clark was able to say in his quote in Volvo Magazine is true. There's too many good things going on at Long Beach. And that doesn't mean, you know, me or my staff or just the current players here. You look at the entire product. The environment at the pyramid, the floor that Andy put down for us. I mean, the the video boards, the streaming of the games. Of, it looks as professional as you can possibly present men's volleyball in the United States. And we're at the forefront of that, and recruits are noticing. The fans are noticing, and that's a big deal. Well, as we said before, you guys are on the road again this weekend at UC Santa Barbara, so you can leave your Toronto luggage at home <laughs> and to put the beach stuff back on. Travel safe, Coach, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Our thanks to Alan for joining us. Uh, we're going to bring Andy back on and wrap this thing up as we've done uh, every year, every week so far this year. We're doing food recommendations, and I'm going to I'm going to ask people to tack on a New Year's resolution since that's it's technically I don't know if you saw the report. On average, New Year's resolutions get broken January twelfth. So we have five more days here. Who is tracking that? We have five more days. <laughs> Who gets I that? I think it job? was a Pew report. It was a serious study. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Andy, what's your food recommendation, and do you have a, a resolution that you're sticking with six days strong here? Uh, so food recommendation, uh, my mom, Nancy Fee, uh, made some beef bourguignon. I don't know if you've ever oh, had beef yeah. bourguignon. But, uh, you know, this time of the year, it's a little cooler, uh, and uh, I love a little bread, a little beef stew. Yes. Uh, it's, it's tough to go wrong. Um, that's been something in my family that my mom's made um, for, for many, many, many years and uh, I was excited when she brought some over. And I said, thank you, Mom. I love you more than you'll ever know. And I love you. I love you anyway. So that's my recommendation. If you're out there and you, and you can have some beef bourguignon, I, I would recommend it. We talked about this before. You, you're a soup guy. This is like, this is soup time right soup now. Time. No doubt. You know what I mean? And, and in Southern California these days, like, you've got to take advantage of it. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, three days from now, it might not be soup season anymore. You know what I mean? Mike, what you got? Uh, I am trying to stick to my New Year's resolution of being a healthier uh, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So I'm going to recommend uh, vegetable smoothies. <laughs> Ooh, which is more like, helpful. like power smoothies in yeah, the morning. More, well, it's just like vegetables and berries for lunch, uh, and then it's more helpful for the physical than the emotional health. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't uh, know. You get that rhythm in. You get those true. B vitamins in you. That's yeah. that's a mental mental boost. I dude. really like eating unhealthy food, as you know. So it's like. A, it <laughs> but do you feel better after? No, no, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of vegetables, my food recommendation is my wife Vanessa came upon a uh, recipe for veggie curry vegetable curry huh. curry with those um those small golden potatoes instead yeah. of chunks of chicken holy cow speaking of soup it's got that soup feel it's spicy say. you put it on a bed of jasmine rice that sounds, mm. good. Oh, that sounds delicious good. i think that's healthy enough i could justify eating that heck yeah tell vanessa to make me a <laughs> she made it she made it the other night i already told her to give me the recipe okay. so i can All stop right. on the way home okay. and get the ingredients <laughs> again it got right into that top three real quick <laughs> top three doesn't change very often but it's it snuck its way in there uh as jj mentioned only one home game here at long beach state thursday night the women's basketball team will be in the pyramid for tickets to that or any 
future games, you can go to longbeachstate.com or call the box office at 562-985-4949. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of the LB Fee Show. Yeah, as we mentioned, this is every other week. So we'll see you in two weeks. A special thanks to our guest, Alan Knipe, the other producer of the show, Tyler Henderson, who stopped by earlier. Producer oh, Roger Kirk. produced today. That's yeah, true. I know. Producer Roger Kirk. And of course, Andy <laughs> Fee. Uh, he's Mike. I'm JJ. And we'll see you in the stands. Real talk. We'll see you in the stands this week, Long Beach. Take care.